This is episode five of the Graphic Designer Podcast, and on today's show, Jessica and I get in a fight, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host. A little bit. A debate. Not a fight, a debate. (laughs) Oh, good point. Um, I'm your host, Dan Nesbitt, and alongside me, as I said, is my colleague, Jessica Rosengard. And um, today, you kind of started the conversation, uh, or the topic here, um... (laughs) But you want to talk about web fonts today, uh, specifically paying for web fonts versus free web fonts. So I'm just going to open it up to you because you're, you're pretty passionate about this subject. <laughs> okay, just to set the record straight, it's not that I am a cheap person and I don't think I should have to pay for anything. I think you know me pretty well. I'm willing to pay for something if I think... Um, it's going to help the project if it's a good item for my digital toolbox, what what have you. Mm-hmm. My issue is that if I want to buy a typeface in the past, before you could even use web fonts, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the, the more old school where, uh, yes, you would pay for a typeface, a beautiful typeface to hit the whole family, no matter how much it is. And sometimes it's really expensive, but that was my typeface. I could now use mm-hmm. that typeface in my designs, period. Now we're entering into this universe of buying a typeface and then paying extra if you want to use it on the web. And there's all these restrictions and limitations and whether it is, you can only use it on one website or you could only use it on a site that has X number of page views and then anything over that is more. And there's all kinds of tracking and crazy. My Uh problem with this is, and I don't want to swear, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to swear. My problem is it's kind of BS that I could purchase a typeface, an entire family. There could be 30 different faces in that family. Mm-hmm. And I could design something that gets printed 5 million times, mailed out, distributed, plastered all over the place, used in a TV commercial, whatever you have, you know, what, whatever you can dream up. Mm-hmm. And all I paid was to purchase the font. I don't care if it was a $500 font. It's my font. Now, all of a sudden, I have to purchase a typeface, and I have to keep paying depending on how many page views, how many sites. Like, why? Mm -hmm. You're not charging me per 100,000 prints, but all of a sudden, I have to pay. It's just, it's so ridiculous to me, and it's not because I don't appreciate how much work that goes into the typeface. Like I said, Mm -hmm. if there's a typeface that I genuinely believe I can get a lot of use out of, and it's beautiful, and it has good kerning pairs, I get that. I will pay for it. It has nothing to do with wanting it for free. I just mm-hmm. think it's total BS that, and it, and it actually is such a turnoff that I won't subscribe to that. I will, I just, I won't use it. And I know that you are a total font <laughs> and you love typography and I know your opinion might be completely different, but yeah, I'm yeah, very passionate um, about this. You are. And, and I love your use of font whore, by the way, that, that might be my <laughs> new line on my business card. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I'm actually a bit in disagreement with you and specifically uh, to back up a little bit our core issue here is is what I'm going to call the licensing thing Um, you don't mind paying for a font but when it's yours you want to use it how you see fit Um, and I think the core of of today's episode is not having to pay again to use it on a website Um, so I'm kind of the opposite from you Um, as a matter of fact I have paid uh, some very good money to companies like Typekit, MyFonts. Um, I, I have not done anything with like uh, cloud typography from uh, Hofler Ferrer Jones, but um, 
to me, there's, there's value for me in that, um, you know, there's services out there like Google Web Fonts, Font Squirrel, uh, to name a couple big ones, where you can go and you can get a free web font. But for me personally, uh, it's about quality and it's about having something that somebody else doesn't have, which I, I guess is the simplest way to put it. Um, so for me, I like the idea of purchasing a font uh, for web use, and I don't mind the um, you know the, the page view issue because 90% of the time, the web fonts that I'm purchasing and using uh, it's in the low tier of, you know, whatever the agreement is with the font designer. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not an issue that I have to spend an absurd amount of money to have that font on my website or on a client's website. Um, and I know that if it was a, a website with a larger page views, you know, where it starts getting into the, the higher tiers of the, uh, the web font agreement with the, the type designer, um, typically I'm assuming it wouldn't be an issue for the client or whoever to pay that extra money. Um, but the, the biggest reason that I enjoy paying for fonts is I'm able to use the high quality, uh, you know, like the Gothams or the Futuras, um, to name a couple. Um, I'm able to use fonts like that on my website layouts and I'm able to use it in my print layouts um, and it stays consistent across everything. So to me, there's value in the consistency rather than having to go out and find a substitute or something close enough for free. Okay. So that's a, that's always been my thing towards paying for web fonts. But just to kind of call you out on some of this crap, in my <laughs> what I'm calling crap, first of all, you you commented, you said you like having something someone else doesn't have, but you mm -hmm. don't. You, di you didn't pay for someone to design a custom typeface for you. You went to a, a repository where other people thousands and thousands of people could go and buy that same typeface and use it on a website. So you really don't have something else, something that someone else doesn't have. Well, I, I, I should say it, it's something that not everybody else has. You know, it's, I, I get I get the point that it's thousands of people could still go out and buy it, and they do. Um, that pales in comparison to the hundreds of thousands of people who go to Google Web Fonts and use those. So, But I still am not hearing... A legitimate, in my opinion, a legitimate <laughs> justification. If I, let's say I was a catalog designer, and mm -hmm. that's not just the number of catalogs that get printed, but the frequency in which catalogs are designed for a company, or the fact that it might be, let's say, a 100-page catalog, mm -hmm. and you use the same typeface. So this right. is potentially being used on millions and millions and millions of pages printed on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. What difference does it make if I am using it on an infinite number of print pieces or five different websites? I'm still not hearing a legitimate reason as to why I should be paying extra. And then mm -hmm. it's not even just a flat fee extra. It's not like you pay, oh, an extra $100 so you can use it on a website. That's usually, unless I'm mistaken, you please correct me if I'm wrong, it's mm -hmm. like a subscription kind of thing. So if you don't keep paying, you it stops working. I mean, right. what? I, I just, I, I, I cannot wrap my head around. Well, I, I think the idea came, and forgive, uh, hopefully the listeners forgive me if I screw this up, but um, when I was back in school, uh, I, I had, you know, one, of, and I'm sure everybody's had this, you know, the one professor in your design class who, you know, probably used to chisel rock, you know, and, and call it graphic design before, you know, even printing presses came along, but... Um, I remember, you know, when we were talking, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, fonts in, in some of my classes, and he'd mentioned that back in the day, you know, you know, when this was printing press, letterpress, that kind of thing, that um, when he would go and do a mock-up or a layout for one of his clients, 
um, they needed to go and pay for the license for the font that they would eventually use to print whatever piece they were doing. So let's say they were doing a business card. Uh, he wanted to use Helvetica on it. He had to do a mock-up, you know, kind of tracing it in off of a, a sales sheet or whatever. Um, he would have to present that to the client, explain to them that if you use this font, it's going to cost this amount of money to have the right to use it. Um, then he would go to the print shop, you know, they would deal with their font vendor, whoever it was, you know, selling them Helvetica. And, you know, once they, you know, paid whatever it was to use Helvetica on uh, the business card, you know, then they could go and they could print it. Um, I think with desktop publishing, that obviously kind of went away because all of a sudden now we have, you know, X number of fonts at, you know, the click of yeah, the mouse button. Yeah, that's the difference. Just to kind of interject there, I mm -hmm. am from that era where when right. I first went to art school, I lived at Kinko's to do half my projects <laughs> because I had to cut and paste and copy and hand letter and yep. do all that stuff. And it's a pain in the ass. And I'm mm -hmm. probably really aging myself right now by saying all that. <laughs> but that's not the case anymore. We are no longer well, in a place, in a, in, a, in a situation where things are so scarce that you only have one place where you can go get something. The supply and demand situation is, is very different. I well, will, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, the way I see it now, you know, there, I think there was kind of a, a little bit of a period between, you know, going to the print shop, having to pay for your font, and now where we have to pay for the web font, um, because there was a period of time where, you know, type designers could still design a, a typeface or a font for, uh, you know, for a printer to come in and purchase, you know, like kind of what like it was in the old day. They knew the shift to desktop was coming. Um, and places like Monotype or whatever, you know, were able to license fonts through Microsoft and, you know, they were able to be paid for their work. Um, but what I see now with the web is you no longer need to sell your font, you know, if you're a, a, a type designer, you no longer need to sell your font to a Microsoft or an Apple. You can go right to the client now. And while that's great, you know, you know, I would hope a lot of us pay for our fonts. Um, think about how many people don't pay for their fonts or don't want to pay for their fonts. Um, so you get into font piracy. And I think this is where the whole you need to pay for this thing um, kind of came into play a little bit, where, you know, font designers wanted their piece of the pie, if you will, um, if it was going to be used in a certain manner. So I think that was kind of one of the big reasons why it came along. Um, you know, personally as a creative, uh, and especially, uh, well, maybe I, I should say this and, and, you know, hold myself accountable, um, for the past about year now, I've been looking at designing my own font, um, which I'm starting to discover how much work that is, even of just, you know, you know, just for the letters on a standard U.S. English keyboard to get all of those, um, you know, and we're not even taking into account, you know, the kerning and the tracking and, and ligatures all and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, I'm starting to really appreciate the amount of work that goes into any font, much less a high quality font, which is usually what you're paying for. Um, so through those experiences, that's why I don't mind right. paying. Right. And, and I actually, I agree with that. I've, I've created a typeface. That was something that I've done and it is not easy, which is why that's not the road I went <laughs> down. It's, it was just not something that I enjoy. It's cool. And I really loved it and I can appreciate the process. That's mm -hmm. not really, I think what the what the argument is or what the debate is about. This isn't a matter of not appreciating how much work goes into it, but I, I just am still not able to, 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 I'm not hearing from anybody a justification why I can pay X number of dollars for this typeface and use it in an infinite number of print layouts 
But then when I want to use it on a website, I have to pay and pay and pay. I, I'm not understanding. Mm -hmm. Why is it okay to use it infinitely here, but not here? What difference does it make? Well, I think the difference why it happens is, you know, with a website, I can tell you how many people viewed your website. We have that technology. Um, okay, so track it. Why do I have to pay? I, right, I well, the, the point that I was going to make on the other side with print, I can't tell you how many people saw your business card. But who cares? Um, <laughs> exactly. I mean, um, seriously, who cares? Like, that's a vanity thing. Right. And I know that we all would love to think we want traffic. Everyone wants traffic. Everyone wants to get out there. All this mm -hmm. digital marketing and social media. But, I mean, most of that, yes, is sales-driven because we want to increase our business. But a yep. lot, let's be honest, a lot of it's vanity. It, I mean, it is. We want recognition. I, I, we want to get out there. We want everyone to yeah. know who we are. And... So, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say things I know are totally going to piss people off. But <laughs> I can take it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, I, I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, cause I mean, especially when we think back, you know, even a, a few years ago before the web font thing really, you know, came onto the scene, um, you know, there was no such thing as embedding a font into a site and then, you know, using it that way you mm -hmm. you were basically at the mercy of whatever was on somebody's computer mm -hmm. um <clears throat> so even the other thing that I, I take into account as well is you know we've all had that client where you know they look on their computer at work looks great they went home it looks terrible they went over to their mother's house and dear god what the hell did you do to my website <laughs> um so I, to me there's value even along those lines as well um you know just generally speaking with web fonts um and even right now, I've got a client that I'm working with who enjoys, you know, the font Futura. Um, <laughs> and that's that's not a free font anywhere. And, and to this date, I don't think anybody's found a font even close to Futura for free. So, you know, if, if he wants that across his website, well, he's got to pay for it. And that's um, fine. But mm -hmm. I'll, I'll pay for that typeface. But why mm -hmm. do I have to pay extra just to put it on the website? I paid a lot of money to have Futura, and I have the whole family, and right. it, it, I don't even use all the faces on there. It's a, it's one of my favorite typefaces. It always has been, but mm -hmm. why am I now paying an extra annual fee to have it on a website that might not even get all that much traffic in the grand scheme of things? I mean, wh really, wh why can't I just buy something? Mm -hmm. There's here, Here's the thing, because what I was thinking is I was kind of waiting, but you didn't say it, so I wasn't sure if you <laughs> wouldn't go down this path, is... <clears throat> Well, we pay a fee for when you buy certain plugins. There's certain, mm -hmm. like, gravity forms I have to pay annually so that I can get all the updates. Yeah, so mm -hmm. you can get the updates. Nothing's changing in that typeface. Um, there's actually, no maintenance on the font. <laughs> actually, I can kind of half call you out on that one. Oh, um, boy, here we go. Okay. <laughs> um, so in my current brand, um, just my Dan Nesbitt brand, I've been using Claridon from uh, Canada type. And um, I want to say... I mean, this this was about two, three years ago that I, I purchased the font from them. Um, but I want to say at the time I spent around 74, it was either for both or it was 74 the desktop and then 70 for the web font. Um, and, and forgive me, I can't remember. But um, anyway, uh, over the time that I've, I've owned this font, there actually has been updates that have come out for it in terms of, um, you know, they were uh, adjusting some currying pairs. I think they, you know, did some things with some ligatures and whatnot. Um, I mean, they were just small things, but I was able to obtain those updates once I had paid for the font. 
Um, and unlike, you know, the Gravity Forms example, I didn't have to go and buy it again. It was just, you know, you've purchased the font. You're kind of, you know, in the door now. Um, right, so you here, here's the updates. You purchased the font. Are you paying an annual membership fee to own Clarendon and, and use it for, wherever you want to use it? For the specific one, and I'm going to have to probably go look it up for exact numbers. Um, I purchased it through, uh, I think it was FontSpring. And uh, the, the deal was, was that I would get the desktop font and I can use that however I want, however many times I want. And then the web font, I believe, was up to 10,000 page views. Um, so as long as I'm under that, which, you know, obviously my stuff usually is, um, then it's not an issue. But what they did was they just gave me the web fonts. And really, it's up to me, I guess, at least as I understand it, it's up to me to self-police uh, that if I go over 10,000 page views every month, then I need to go back and upgrade that license. I, I, I just, I know that I sound really stubborn and arrogant. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I it's still have yet to hear a legitimate justification. I, I just, I, I, the, that kind of maintenance to a typeface is so few and far between. I don't yeah, care how I'll, much work goes into it. I will pay for a quality <laughs> typeface. But if I'm going to pay for it, I should be able to use it however I want. Unless you are right. planning on and making very regular updates to something that I that I will need to pay for that kind of attention that's going to be paid to making those updates. Mm -hmm. I mean, how old is that typeface, and and how often are they actually updating it? Right. Um, well, Clarodon, I I can give you the quick nerdy uh, fifty second history on it, uh, but basically Clarodon got its start back in the Old West, and I'm talking back in the 1800s. Um, if you've ever seen an authentic wanted poster from the time period, uh -huh. it was probably using that font. Mm -hmm. um, well, the thing is, you know, with copyright law and all that, you know, it, it falls into public domain. So any font or uh, type foundry can pick it up. They can do, you know, their special twist on it if they want, and then they can sell it as, you know, uh, XYZ Clarendon or, you know, whatever the name of their company is. Um, and, and there's other fonts, too. I believe, like, Garamond's one of another, um, you know, big examples or whatnot. Um, and, and so, you know, yeah, it's an old font. Um, you know, I could have spent more to obtain a version of Clarendon. I probably could have spent less. Um, but but to me, it, to me personally, anyway, it, it's worth it to, uh, to have, you know, that specific font uh, because I'm one of those people that I'm always preaching consistency across my brand. Well, um, it, it's nice to prove that to a client when I'm talking with them, when I pull up my website, I pull out my business card, I pull out a leave behind and everything looks the same. But why literally does the that same. warrant an additional add-on fee just to have it on your website? If you paid two, I seriously, <laughs> if you paid two or $300 to have a typeface mm -hmm. or a, a type family, why can't you use it however you want to use it in whatever design elements that are, including your website? Well, um, I was actually just kind of digging through my notes here, and I actually did find one reason, um, and I'm surprised I still have this bookmarked. This is from uh, five, <laughs> five years ago now. Um, but anyway, it, it's an article, and I can link this uh, in the podcast notes here. Uh, but it's uh, from opentype.info, and, and it's an article from 2009 on why web font services are the, uh, the future of fonts on the web. Um, and, and the one point that it does make, um, you know, the thing we have to think about is a lot of these type companies that are coming out with these web fonts, I mean, 
the majority of them now, have been around for years and years and years. You know, the linotypes, the monotypes, um, you know, those kind of guys. I mean, they were around back in the early 20th century um, producing fonts. So they're more archaic than the web is. And as a result, I think some of them probably have an archaic way of approaching things in, in terms of, you know, getting their fair share or their cut. Um, anyway, the uh, article, Why Web Font Services Are the Future of the Fonts on the Web, um, they point out that the whole reason that it, you're paying for this is they have a fear that if I uploaded the open typeface or the true typeface web uh, regular font to the website, that people then have the ability, you know, if you're savvy enough, to download that font and then have a free copy for yourself on okay. your computer. Okay, well, that's just bordering on paranoia. Because it is paranoia. Every and I, single thing that we put on the internet is treated the exact same way. So so I don't charge, I, I'm just, I'm really having a hard, like when I purchase an image on Getty, mm -hmm. I mean, I say what I'm going to be using it for, but I don't have to pay an annual membership fee to keep using it. Once I pay for it and say, I'm, I just need the small version and it's going to be for either personal use or for a blog. And I put it on my blog. I don't have to keep paying mm -hmm. them every year. True. For them um, to use the image that's in like 10 years from now. If I have a blog post, if it's, you know, if I don't clean it out, it's still right. there. I have to keep paying just to use an yeah. image that I paid for. Well, I think that's going to start kind of bringing at least me to a, a bigger thing. And that's kind of just the future of, I'm going to say web services in general, but really it's you know, any kind of computer stuff in general. I think the industry is slowly moving towards software as a service. It's the th four words that I absolutely hate to hear um, because I do come from a time period where I, you know, appreciate buying something and then owning it, um, which I know kind of goes back a little bit on my web font thing here. But, I mean, if you think about it nowadays, um, you're paying a monthly fee for Adobe. You're paying a monthly fee for your web fonts. You're paying, you know, like in my personal case, I'm paying a monthly fee for my accounting software. And, you know, there's other things that I'm paying every month for to have access and use. The trade-off is, is you know, I no longer need to worry about spending, you know, $1,000 at the end of every year to get, you know, an upgrade to the next version of whatever it is I'm using. The downside is, is that I'm paying something every month to use those services in whatever capacity. You're you know, still paying $1,000 a year. Oh, I probably am, yeah. But um, the thing is, the, the difference is buying a typeface and having it to use when and how you want to use it and as often as you want to use it is mm -hmm. not the same thing as software that's getting updated sometimes on a weekly basis. Like, right. Well, I, and, and it's not, I think... Buying typography, typography is not the same as software. Right. But I think with the typography, I think there's going to be a shift, or at least I'm hoping there's going to be a shift at some point. And what I would point out to would be how Typekit is set up right now. Um, Typekit is a good example of, you know, paying a monthly fee in their case for font usage. And I believe too, with, you know, the, the level that most people have, the standard level or whatever it is, um, I think there is a limit of like 10,000 page views or something like that on, on their fonts. But the other added part of the service that you get is... It comes with the Creative Cloud um, app, if you have that, where I can not only use the web fonts on the website, but I can take those fonts, download them, and use them on my desktop computer. So I can pay a monthly fee to use it in both places. I don't need to outright buy the font anymore. 
I have so access to their library. So I'm on the Typekit kit website and I'm looking so like the, the mm-hmm. it says you know this is our most popular plan I love when people <laughs> do that because it's more expensive this is our most popular plan for yes. $50 a year mm-hmm. you can have in the portfolio plan everything you need the full library access new desktop fonts 100 fonts synced at once blah blah mm-hmm. blah <laughs> unlimited websites unlim- but it's $50 a year is mm-hmm. this going to be something along the lines of the way I have a gravity form developer's license that I pay yearly and it's the cost of doing business. That's where I see things going. Um, I mean, and to give you an example, as it stands right now, um, I have, a, in my opinion, too many sans-serif fonts on my computer. Um, so I, I personally use the Typekit desktop app. Um, and, and right now, as it stands, I'm not even going to count my list here, but I, I've got a handful of fonts um, that I had not purchased in the past. I hadn't even used them. Um, but I wanted to have, so rather than going and purchasing that font, um, I just sync it through the Typekit uh, desktop app, and now I'm able to use that in Photoshop, in you know my Word documents, whatever it might be, uh, and and be able to to print those out on my own. So, mm-hmm. to me, to me, that's kind of an added bonus to using a service like Typekit. Now I know. Um, you know, there's other ones like my fonts, uh, where if I wanted that luxury, I would basically have to pay for the font um, itself, and then you know, an extra fee for the web font or or something like that matter. And I'm not familiar with cloud typography if they do something similar to Typekit or someone else. But um, to me, that's kind of where, just generally speaking, I think Typekit's model is is kind of the direction I would hope things start going toward, um, where you start paying access to a library. Um, I mean, I, I, think there's I could a lot- go for this. This is starting to penetrate my outer rings. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm com- totally convinced because I still think like, okay. And I, I know this is probably going to make some people skin crawl, but I'm not the only one that, that enjoys Google mm-hmm. because there's plenty of things I don't like about Google. Yep. Kill me now. But <laughs> Google fonts wor- have worked for me just fine. I mm-hmm. have yet to really have a problem. Yeah, and, and and to be honest, I've used Google Fonts for some of my clients' websites. I mean, not everybody, you know, that I work with wants to pay for a, a font. I mean, I, I understand it, and I, I'm sensitive to that. Um, but you know, if it's for me personally, if it's you know my my checkbook, so to speak, um, it, it, I mean, still to this day, it, it's something I don't mind paying a little bit for. Mm-hmm. I see value in it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I, I don't know, I think it's going to be interesting going forward in the future because, you know, uh, type designers need to kind of find a way to, to keep food on their table. And um, I, I think we're kind of getting to a point now with a lot of stuff like Adobe kind of blazing the trail here where um, you no longer pay for something 100% upfront. Um, you know, that, that there's going to be a monthly contribution of some sort. To, to be able to use software or fonts. And, you know, maybe one day it might even be stock photos, you know. Well, I, I think pro- there's a couple. But, but, but one of the things that I, that I, and I'm not the only one that has an issue with this, um, we all started off being able to buy something and knowing that we owned it, and whether it was our career or we wanted to put it aside and go back to it, if I owned a copy of Photoshop, I owned that copy of Photoshop or whatever app it was. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in a situation where I've had to succumb to the way things are because they don't even allow you to do that method anymore where you mm-hmm. are actually just owning it and don't have to upgrade. Yeah. If I ever decide 
well, one, you're pigeonholed, not pigeonholed, you're, you're kind of cornered and monopolized into Adobe, which really sucks. And I know that there mm-hmm. are some options, but right. even in, but this kind of applies to if I decide I don't want to go that route anymore, I'm left not only with no updates, but no nothing. Mm-hmm. And if I don't want to pay for Typekit anymore, I'm left with nothing. And so right. I, and maybe I'm a little bit of a digital hoarder. I like to know <laughs> that I have my digital toolbox and I've got all kinds of images and fonts and templates and all kinds of just elements to go back and use for research or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the idea that I am paying all this money, I just don't like the idea of renting something. That That's, I think, overall, I mean, other than renting for where I live, <laughs> which is a hard enough thing to wrap my head around to begin with, but right. renting so many things. I mean, I wouldn't rent my computer. What, I mean, I, I just, I, where do you draw the line? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, uh, the the big reason for a lot of these shifts has been piracy. At least that's what everybody's, you know, wanting to tell you. Um, you know, if it's the case of Adobe and I'm just kind of picking on them for, you know, an example here, but, you know, when I used to purchase you know, a, you know, the Adobe Creative Suite or the Designer Suite, whatever they used to call it. Um, you know, I I purchased CS, then I waited to purchase CS4, and then you know after CS4 there was only a couple other things and it ended up going Creative Cloud. Um, so you know when I, I actually sat down once and I think I was paying around like if you were to you know average it out in a monthly payment, I was paying like technically five dollars a month for. Adobe products, um, so it kind of sucks now that I have to pay uh, thirty. It's like well, thirty because I'm on a promo, and then it's, it's going to go up to fifty. To to fifty. Um, so at, at this point, to me, this all becomes cost of business. Um, you know, our, our industry has changed. It is changing. It's going to change. Um, you know, it was great in the past when we used to be able to own things like fonts and Photoshop and all that other stuff, but that's just not the way that the industry. You know, the the creators or, or you know the um the software developers whatever you want to call them uh that's where that's not where they want to go um, well what what i'm starting to think of and this might be a whole other topic <laughs> for us to talk about the additional fees that we never used to have i mean i never used to have it okay it used to be an amazing industry to be to work in um especially as a freelance designer i would pretty much have to just buy a computer, but I had one, one time fees for certain things if I wanted software, but I could work mm-hmm. anywhere. I got my laptop. I can work anywhere. You have laptop, we'll travel. Yep. <laughs> and now I have to pay, I, I, when I, I have to sit down one day and really do this. I should have done it sooner mm-hmm. when I have to go back and look and see how many monthly subscriptions I have because $5 here, $10 there, $20 there, a hundred dollars mm-hmm. here for this annual membership. To, to, when you think about how much you're having to pay for this stuff on, an, on a monthly or annual basis, one, try and figure out how exactly do you pass that cost off to the client, whether it's in a rate increase or fixed project fees mm-hmm. and renewal fees that you pass on to the client. Um, but then there's just the raising your rates. Right. And that's the route that I went was raising my rates. Um, I, I went from having no overhead. I don't rent an office. I don't need to, to mm-hmm. essentially paying enough money that I could be renting an office, like a you know like a, the shared office space where you can rent yep. an office. Mm-hmm. I, I'm paying a lot of money in all of these different subscriptions, and they're useful, and I use them. I never used to have any of this stuff. 
So, yeah, yeah, so I'm glad I raised my rates, but how, what's a better way to not bury things? So I think this might be a whole different topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you do bring up a good point and, and personally, you know, I can get along right now paying what I do per month for the services I use. Um, I, I just hope that the industry doesn't go all candy crush on us one day and you go to use the eraser tool in Photoshop to realize that you have to pay an extra four ninety nine per use. You know? <laughs> um, that would be you, classic. Yeah, you know at that point our, uh, it, well, it would just be game over at that point. So we, we can only hope. But uh, anyway, it was a good conversation. It was actually kind of fun. Well, I'm still, you, you, you've <laughs> slightly... Oh cracked a little bit of that outer ring and there's, I'm glad I've it, got several rings so you haven't yeah it's true you, know, you haven't gotten too far but you did start to crack the outer ring I just <laughs> I guess I just it's more of a principal thing and I and I don't know if some of the younger designers the newer younger designers um that that don't know from not ever having to pay for that kind of stuff I guess right. I guess that's the different you've got different generations of designers that yeah. uh I mean, I remember Letraset letters, which thank you very much for sending those to me for my birthday. That was <laughs> awesome. I've got those on my uh, my shelf. Yeah. But um, you know, having having to pay and pay and pay and pay, and then there's things that you pay for that you don't even use. And where do you mm-hmm. draw the line? So um, I would love to continue this conversation on uh, on an expanded topic because. Definitely. Um, and to our listeners out there, um, I'll just open it up this way. Uh, if anybody wants to weigh in on their feelings on web fonts and whether or not you should pay for them, uh, feel free to hit us up uh, at the Graphic Designer Podcast. We're on Twitter at Designer Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback on that. So, uh, right. Um, so I guess we'll call that a good wrapping up point. Mm-hmm. Um so, Jessica, how can people find you online if they want to take their web font concerns directly to you? <laughs> <laughs> if they want to start up a uh, public debate with me. Yeah. Um, you can find me at jessicarosengard.com. You can find me on Twitter at jrosengard.com. And all my other social links uh, you can find on my website, uh, so I don't need to rattle them all off here. Cool. Um, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Nisbet. You can find me at dannisbet.com, and you can find me on Dribble at dribble.com slash dannisbet. So, <laughs> perfect. Well, another fun episode down, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to uh, carry this conversation on later. But uh, once again, to everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Bye. Later.